Today is the 28th day of November. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian and it is wonderful to be here with you today as we gather and continue our journey forward the next step. And that next step leads us, well, exactly to where we left off, which happens to be at this point in the year in the book of Daniel. And today we will read Daniel chapter 5. A few decades later, the king, Belshazzar, held a state banquet and invited a thousand of his officials. As he was tasting the wine, he ordered servants to bring in the gold and silver vessels his predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar, had stolen from the temple in Jerusalem many years earlier. He wanted his officials to join him, his wives, and his concubines in drinking a royal toast from them. A little later, his servants returned carrying in the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple, the house of the one true God in Jerusalem. The king, his officials, his wives, and his concubines began to drink from them. As they drank the wine, they offered praise to their idols crafted in gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Suddenly, the fingers of a hand, a human hand, appeared and began to write on the plaster of one of the palace walls lit by a nearby lampstand. The king stood transfixed, watching the hand as it wrote. Then his face changed. He grew pale and began to feel sick. His thoughts frightened him. What was this strange vision? His legs felt weak and wobbly. His knees knocked together. The king cried out to his servants, ordering them to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldean wise men and the diviners. Belshazzar said to Babylon's wise men, A great reward awaits the first person who can read this writing and tell me what it means. He will be clothed in purple, wear a gold chain around his neck and ascend in rank and privilege to be the third highest ranking ruler in the kingdom. All the king's purported wise men came forward to examine the wall, but no one could read the writing or tell the king what it meant. When it became clear that none of the sages could help him, King Belshazzar became even more frightened. His face grew even paler, and his officials were dumbfounded. Belshazzar's mother, the queen, overheard some of the discussions between the king and his noble guests, so she entered the banquet hall. The queen said, Long live the king! Don't let this strange incident frighten you or let your face grow pale. Need I remind you that there is a gifted man in your kingdom who possesses the spirit of the holy gods? Years ago, in the time of your predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar, he was discovered to have insight, understanding, and wisdom like that of the gods. That is why King Nebuchadnezzar put him in charge of the magicians, enchanters, Chaldean astrologers and diviners in his kingdom. This man, Daniel, whom King Nebuchadnezzar named Belteshazzar, has special abilities, knowledge, and wisdom. He is able to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve problems no one else can. Why don't you call for Daniel? He will tell you what the writing means. With no other options, 
Belshazzar gave the order, and Daniel was brought before him. Belshazzar said to Daniel, Are you that Daniel I've heard so much about? One of the exiles brought here from Judah by my predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar. I have been told that you possess the spirit of the holy gods, that you have insight, understanding, and exceptional wisdom. Before you arrived, I had the wise men and enchanters brought before me to see if they could read this writing on the wall and tell me what it means, and not one of them was able to tell me. But it has been reported to me directly that you can offer accurate interpretations and solve problems no one else can. Now I will offer you what I offered the others. If you can read this writing and tell me what it means, you will be clothed in purple, wear a gold chain around your neck, and ascend in rank and privilege to be the third highest ranking ruler in the kingdom. Daniel said, Keep the gifts for yourself or else award them to another. That is up to you. Still, I will agree to read the writing on the wall and tell you what it means. O king, the Most High God gave sovereignty, greatness, honor, and splendor to your predecessor Nebuchadnezzar. God made him so great and powerful that all peoples, regardless of their heritage, nationality, or language, trembled in fear before him. He did as he pleased, executing or sparing, honoring or shaming anyone as he wished. But there came a point when his heart was so proud and his spirit so haughty that he acted arrogantly. He lost his royal throne and was stripped of his royal honors. He was driven away from all that is human, and he took on the base instincts of an animal. He lived in the company of wild donkeys and bent over to eat grass like the oxen. Every night, the dew of heaven fell heavy on his body and made him wet until he learned his lesson and acknowledged that the Most High God is the true sovereign over all earthly kingdoms, and he grants authority to anyone he wishes. But even though you knew all this, you, Belshazzar, his descendant, have followed in his ways and not lived humbly. On the contrary, you have risen up against the true Lord of heaven by demanding that the sacred vessels from his temple be brought before you and having you, your officials, your wives, and your concubines drink from them. You have issued a challenge you cannot win. You have made toasts and offered praise to the idols crafted in silver and gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Idols which cannot see you, hear you, or know anything at all. And you have failed to honor in all you do the one true God who holds the breath of life in the palm of his hand and makes possible all your days. He is the one who sent this hand and inscribed this message on the wall, and this is what the inscription says. Mene, Mene Tekel Parsin. Here is what these words mean. Mene, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed on the scales and found defective. Perez, your kingdom has been divided and handed over to the Medes and Persians. 
True to his word, Belshazzar gave the order and Daniel was clothed in purple. A gold chain was placed around his neck and the king proclaimed that he ascend in rank and privilege to the third highest ranking ruler in the kingdom. That very night, under the cloak of darkness, Belshazzar, the Chaldean king of Babylonia, was killed. Then Darius the Mede, in his 62nd year, gained control of the kingdom. Second Peter 2 Just as false prophets rose up in the past among God's people, false teachers will rise up in the future among you. They will slip in with their destructive opinions, denying the very master who bought their freedom and dooming themselves to destruction swiftly but not before they attract others by their unbridled and immoral behavior. Because of them and their ways, others will criticize and condemn the path of truth we walk as seedy and disreputable. These false teachers will follow their greed and exploit you with their fabrications. But be assured that their judgment was pronounced long ago and their destruction does not sleep. For God did not spare the heavenly beings who sinned, but he cast them into the dark pits of hell to be kept until the time of judgment. And he did not spare the ancient world, but he sent a flood swirling over the ungodly, although he did save Noah, God's herald for what is right, with seven other members of his family. And God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, reducing them to ash as a lesson of what he would do with the ungodly in the days to come. Although, again, he did rescue Lot, a person who did what was right in God's eyes and who was distressed by the immorality and the lawlessness of the society around him. Day after day, the sights and sounds of their lawlessness were like daggers into that good man's soul. If all this happened in the past... It shows clearly the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from their trials and how to hold the wicked in punishment until the day of judgment. And above all, it shows he will punish those who let the desires of their bodies rule them and who have no respect for authority. People like this are so bold and willful that they aren't even afraid of offending heavenly beings. Although the heavenly messengers in spite of the fact that they have greater strength and power, make no such accusations against these people before the Lord. These people who speak ill of what they do not understand are no different from animals, without sense, operating only on their instincts, born to be captured and killed. And they will be destroyed just like those animals, receiving the penalty for their evil acts. They waste their days in parties and carousing. As they feast with you, these stains and blemishes on your community are feasting on their deceptions. Their eyes are always looking for their next adulterous conquests. Their appetites for sin cannot be satisfied. They seduce the unwary soul, and greed is the only lesson they have learned by heart. God's curse lies upon them. 
They have veered off the right road and gotten lost, following in the steps of Balaam, the son of Beor, the false prophet. Balaam loved the reward he could get by doing evil, but he was rebuked for crossing the line into sin. His own speechless donkey scolded him in a human voice. An amazing miracle that reigned in the prophet's insanity. These people I'm talking about are nothing but dried up springs, mists driven by fierce winds. The deepest darkness has been set aside for them. They speak in loud voices, empty and arrogant. They exploit the desires of the flesh, take advantage of sensual natures to entangle people who have just escaped from those who live by deception. They claim to offer them freedom, but they themselves are enslaved by corruption because whatever a person gives into soon becomes his master. Those who have been pulled out of the cesspool of worldly desires through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus, the Anointed One, yet have found themselves mired in it again are worse off than they were before. They would have been better off never knowing the way of righteousness than to have known it and then abandoned the sacred commandment they had previously received and dived back into the muck. In their cases, the words from the Proverbs hold true. The dog goes back to his own vomit. And as the Greeks say, the sow is washed to wallow in the mud. Psalm 119, 113-128 Semek I despise those who waver back and forth but I love your teachings. You are my hiding place and my shield of protection. I hope in your word. Away from me, reprobates. I am committed to observing the commands of my God. Support me in keeping with your promise, O God, so that I may live. Do not let my hope turn into shame. Help me so that I will be safe and I will respect your laws continually. You have rejected all those who stray from your commands because their fraudulent lifestyles are cunning and empty. You have discarded all the wicked from the land, skimmed them off like dross. That's why I love your testimonies. My body shakes because of my fear of you and I am in awe of your wise rulings. Ayin, I have lived with fairness and integrity. Do not leave me at the mercy of my tormentors. Provide security and protection for your servants' welfare. Do not let the proud oppress me. My eyes are strained as I look for your salvation and for your righteous promise to be fulfilled. Treat your servant in a manner that shows your unfailing love and help me to learn your decrees. I am your servant. Impart to me understanding so that I may fully grasp the depths of your statutes. 
It is time for the Eternal to step in and do something because some have broken your law. Indeed, I love your commands more than gold, even more than the highest quality gold. It's true that I regard all your guidance to be correct and good. I despise every deceptive path. Proverbs 28, 19, and 20. Whoever cultivates his land will have plenty of food in the harvest, but whoever cultivates worthless ventures will have poverty in abundance. A reliable person will not escape blessings, but one who wants to get rich quick will not escape trouble. Okay, in 2 Peter today, Peter is going after false teachers, which is, I mean, this is not that long of a letter, and so there aren't that many themes in the letter, and this is one of them. And he is after false teachers, which isn't to say that he's just trying to get people to say and think what he's thinking. Actually, it's not even really the the, the false teachers or what he's calling false teachers that are really driving what he's saying. It's what they can do to people and not just like a teaching that is incorrect, that leads a person to maybe believe something that's incorrect. Certainly it's those things, but it's people using their position of authority or their position as a teacher or a position of power than to manipulate Other people. So these people were once believers. They can talk the talk. They know the language. But they're falling away from the essentials of the gospel and leading other people to do the same thing. But also, at the same time, exploiting their people. Like using their gifting to exploit and manipulate. Or let me just read it out of 2 Peter. These people who speak ill of what they do not understand are no different than animals without sense, operating only on their instincts, born to be captured and killed, and they will be destroyed just like those animals, receiving the penalty for their evil acts. They waste their days in parties and carousing. As they feast with you, these stains and blemishes on your community are feasting on their deceptions. Their eyes are always looking for their next adulterous conquests. Their appetites for sin cannot be satisfied. They seduce the unwary soul, and greed is the only lesson they have learned by heart. God's curse lies upon them. So I guess it's pretty clear how Peter feels about this. And I think it's important to point out Because the concept of a false teacher, that's not a new concept. And that really gets thrown around a lot in our Christian culture. People get labeled false teachers because they simply don't adhere to a certain denominational statement of doctrine or something like that. And so a lot of mislabeling happens. And so we're not talking about people who are asking questions in order to grow in faith. 
or to test their faith or wrestle with their faith in the pursuit of better understanding and deeper revelation, that has always been part of the Christian tradition. Peter's talking about people who are intentionally deceiving God's people for their own personal gain. Or again, just reading from 2 Peter because it's pretty clear what he's saying. These people I'm talking about, Peter says, these people I'm talking about are nothing but dried up springs, mists driven by fierce winds. The deepest darkness has been set aside for them. They speak in loud voices, empty and arrogant. They exploit the desires of the flesh, take advantage of sensual natures to entangle people who have just escaped from those who live by deception. They claim to offer them freedom, but they themselves are enslaved by corruption because whatever a person gives into soon becomes his master. Those who have been pulled out of this cesspool of worldly desires through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus, the Anointed One, yet have found themselves mired in it again, are worse off than they were before. They would have been better off never knowing the way of righteousness than to have known it and then abandoned the sacred commandment they had previously received and dived right back into the muck. In their cases, the words from Proverbs hold true. The dog goes back to his own vomits. And as the Greeks say, the sow is washed to wallow in the mud. That, well, first of all, that's very direct. But the imagery, think about it. The dog going back to its own vomit. Uh, probably most of us have had the wonderful opportunity to even see that happen if we're dog lovers or we've ever been around dogs. I mean, can you... I can just see one of my dogs. I won't name her. They're both girls. I won't name her. I don't want to embarrass her or shame her, but... You know, she's not feeling well, and so she starts breathing deeply, right? And just kind of like making funny noises and arching her back, back and forth until finally all over the floor, right? And she may walk away and then come back, put her nose in it, smell it, sniff it, and then maybe eat it. It's disgusting. And the imagery here that Peter is using is disgusting because what he's talking about in his view is disgusting. So Peter doesn't want people to be taught to return to their disgusting ways, ways that they lived before they knew Jesus. So Peter's certainly concerned about people who would instruct others and manipulate others along these lines, but he's also very concerned about what it looks like to know Jesus and walk in freedom and return to sin. It's as disgusting as a dog returning to its vomit 
sniffing it and eating it. If we think about our dog returning to its own vomit and smelling it and eating it, and that's disgusting, and we're like, ah, it's so gross, then we should understand that when we return to what we know is wrong, we're doing the same thing. And so let's give it some thought today because I don't think we want to be doing that. So we need to think about it. What sewage do we keep coming back to and smelling and thinking about lapping it up and eating it down? What do we return to that we know is wrong and that is not healthy for us and that is toxic for us, but we go back and eat it anyway? And what influence do we have over people to persuade them to do the same thing along with us? And as we think about that, we are getting at what Peter is trying to teach us. We have been set free. Why would we go back and revisit the cesspool of who we used to be? And so, Father, we invite you into that. We need you into that. What is it that triggers us to do what we know is wrong? And we are grateful for the stark imagery of a dog returning to its own vomit. We definitely all think that's disgusting. But when we realize spiritually that we have the ability to do the same thing, that brings things very near and helps us understand what we're being taught. And so, Holy Spirit, come and lead us. Show us these areas that we're just leaving it laying on the floor. We're not cleaning it up. We're just leaving the filth so that we can come sniff it or eat it anytime we want. It's time to do some cleanup. And we need your help. And so, Holy Spirit, come into this, we pray, in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com That is home base. That is where you find out what's going on around here. The Daily Audio Bible app does that as well and you can get that free from the app store that is associated with your smart device whether that be a phone or a tablet so check that out what's going on around here is what's going on around here all over the world we are in the holiday season now and so the annual daily audio bible family christmas box is available at the daily audio bible shop or In the Daily Audio Bible app, in the shop section, you'll find a Christmas category. And in the Christmas category, you'll find the DAB Christmas box for 2022. And it is packed full, as I mentioned uh, a couple days ago. We had to get a, a different, a bigger box this year. It's packed, packed full of resources. And so check that out. Promised Land, Photographs from the Land of the Bible, the Coffee Table Edition is included in the box. The God of Your Story, a beautiful hardbound edition that is daily, 365 days through the Bible, just like we do on the Daily Audio Bible, only in written form. And so uh, that is a fantastic resource. Reframe, 
and Sneezing Jesus are included in the box. Your choice of the DAB blend Wind Farm Coffee or our Honeybush and Rooibos Tea, your selection. The Daily Out of Your Bible Christmas Ornament for 2022 uh, with our word rooted on it for the year is included in the box and that's exclusive to the annual Christmas box. We have a Global Campfire candle that is lovely and indeed worked really hard and it smells like a campfire and it's wonderful. Also a Global Campfire pop socket for your phone or whatever you need to hold on to and two Global Campfire stickers. And you can see all that in the Christmas section uh, in the Daily Audio Bible Shop. So check that out. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, thank you. Humbly, thank you for your partnership as we move toward the end of the year. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. That's the little red button up at the top. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I will be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Father God, thank you that you are a loving father. Thank you for your love. Thank you for that hope that you give us. And thank you for that peace we can find in you. Lord, as your children, we do struggle to feel those things at times. Thank you that we can um, trust in those things. And I pray that you'd be helping us to remember your love and that hope and peace that we can find in you, that you'd help us to, yeah. But Lord, we pray especially for those who who don't know that um, praying especially for young people um, those who who have no hope at the moment have no hope and it all seems dark and there isn't a way out and there is no hope you know and they even even to the point of thinking about ending it Lord please break into those situations please be speaking to those hearts and those minds may they find you may they see your and feel your love and know that hope and that peace Please be at work in their lives, Lord. Please be shining so bright. We commend them to you, Lord. 
and trust that you're watching over them. In Jesus' name, amen. Shalom, Daily Audio Bible. This is Dwayne from Wisconsin. All praise and glory to our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today is November 25th. Let us pray for Susie and her husband and the missionary work in Haiti. Dear Lord, we want to lift up Susie. We want to lift up these children and this organization, Lord. They are desperate. We are on our knees, Lord, asking you, begging you to protect this community. We're asking you to intervene, to allow the food they need, the resources they need to get to them, to keep these children safe, Lord. We ask that you will soften the hearts of those and the gangs that are around this community and that are looking to take over, Lord, and do things that I'm sure are not Christian and are not God-loving. We ask that you protect the children that are there and those that are sick, Lord. We ask for your healing hand, Lord. We ask for your intervention. We ask for understanding, Lord. We ask for direction. We want to give you praise and glory that Susie and her husband have had the courage and the faith to do what they have been doing. And now, Lord, they need you to intervene. They need to lean into you for peace, Lord, for protection, Lord. We ask for this. We beg of this. If it is your will, Lord, see them through this. See them, children, through this time, Lord. Through it, Lord, that it will not stop that they will continue to be able to live where they live, if that is so your will. We ask this, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. And remember, the same Lord and Savior that saved our children can also save these orphans. God bless and amen. Hi. Um, I was asked to send in a prayer request for my mother because she's unable to send in a prayer request right now. She was arrested yesterday because she was on a property that she wasn't supposed to be on, but she believed that God would keep her safe from the police. And she wanted me to come on here and ask for you all to pray that she gets an OR. She's in the Delaware County Jail. And she said that they've hurt her there and that she really just needs you all to pray for her. She said, if I told you that she, that her username or whatever was disciple that Jesus loves in Ohio, you would know who she was because she's sent in prayer requests before. And I just wanted, you, wanted to ask you guys to pray for her if you please could. Thank you so much. Hey, Daily Audio Bible. This is uh, Redemption Wings reaching out because I need prayer from the community. I've fallen short. I've been struggling with my faith and just having so much on my mind. But as of late, I've uh, backslid and regressed into old habits that I've worked hard to come out of. Um, temptations and strongholds and things that I haven't been as active in the faith um, as I should have been, which probably would have kept me from the filth. But just need uh, a handful of prayers to re-strengthen me and for me to take this time to 
back away from so much to refocus my attention uh, on the Lord Jesus and to regenerate my love for the word and for the truth because clearly I've put it on the backside and decided to pursue my will um, instead of dying to myself and putting his will and bearing my cross. So Dabbers, please pray for me. Redemption Wings, I'll be in touch. Um, but right now I have to seek repentance and get back on the narrow road. All right. Much love to everyone and uh, thank you. Hi, this is Deborah from the East Coast. It is late evening on Thanksgiving Day and prayerfully everyone had a blessed day. First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, verses 17 and 18 reminds us to pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We are so thankful for God answers prayers, some with yes, some with no, and some with wait. So we will continue to pray, keep the faith, and hold on to God's unchanging hand. Thank you so much, Brian and family, for all that you do on the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And again, we know every day is a day of thanksgiving. I love you, and God does too.